Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Creflo Dollar. Creflo is the founder and senior pastor of World Changers Church International. Every week, he speaks to thousands of people sharing the good news of Jesus. Creflo is a much sought after conference speaker known for his practical approach to the Bible. You can watch Creflo Dollar on Changing Your World Sundays at 8.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. And now, Creflo Dollar will teach on what the Bible says about living under the new covenant of grace. He will teach about making the transition from living under condemnation to living under grace. Let's dive into the message. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of St. John chapter 3. And let's read verse 17 and 18 out loud together. Ready? Read. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, we're going to start in this series to talk about life under the new covenant. We know the correct covenant to live on, under. We live under, which covenant do we live under today? Amen. If you, if you, if you said law, I was just going to walk out and go get me a hamburger. <laughs> we live under the covenant of grace. But what is life like under the covenant of grace? What is life like? under this new covenant? And what does the Bible have to say about living life under the new covenant? Well, this morning I'm going to start with this first piece, and we're going to talk about from condemnation to grace. From condemnation to grace. What do I mean when I use the word condemn? It means to pronounce as unfit. It means to pronounce as guilty, to pronounce judgment, to pr pronounce punishment, to pronounce disapproval. If you ever want to keep a picture in your head of what condemnation is like, it's like what they do to a building where that building is no longer fit for use, when that building is out of use, but even goes a little deeper that uh, when you pronounce judgment or when you pronounce um, Guilt, shame, punishment, disapproval. Jesus did not come to pronounce or to be involved in telling you that you're unfit. That was the job of the law. Jesus was not involved and will not be involved under this covenant. You're not going to find him in judgment. You're not going to find him in punishment. You're not going to find him disapproving of you. He approves of you. He approves of you. You're not going to find him pronouncing that, you know, things that will cause you to be guilty, things that will cause you to walk in shame. This is not what this new, this, this new covenant is about. 
And yet for a lot of churches in America, you can go just to go to the churches and sit there and you'll walk out feeling condemned because they will talk to you about rule keeping and they'll talk to you about the standards of the law, which you can't keep. And you'll walk out feeling condemned and thinking, well, I've, I've got to do better. I've got to work harder. And it's all about having your focus on Jesus and not having your focus on yourself. So let's examine verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. So, you know, for you to come to church and say, I'm a Christian and you're always under condemnation, that did not and does not come from Jesus. Jesus is not condemning you. Jesus is not telling you you're a bad person. Jesus is not telling you that, you know, you're just going to go to hell because you're not praying enough. You're not fasting enough. Jesus is not condemning you. That is not what he has come to do. So Jesus was not sent to condemn, but he was sent to save. Say out loud, Jesus has been sent to save, not condemn. So you have to, your antennas have to go up if you're in uh, some type of Christian activity and you're, you're being condemned. That's not God. Somebody, they like to say that statement, that's not God. Well, that's not God when, when, when you're being condemned. Condemnation is not a part of this new covenant. Now, I know some of you think, well, what if people are just doing wrong? You know, there's a difference between correction and condemnation. And hopefully we'll get to it, show you how correction is still necessary, but you can correct people without condemning them. You know, in the, the picture of the shepherd, you see that shepherd's staff. That staff is not to be used to beat the sheep. It's supposed to be used to beat the enemy. The staff originally was used to to, 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 to help make sure that the wolves and the, the different animals that were trying to attack the sheep uh, were not successful in what they're doing. But, you know, I think we have our pulpit, uh, you know, located at the wrong mountain. We have our pulpit located at Mount Sinai when we need to move our pulpit and put it at Mount Zion. If you come here all the time and the only thing you hear, get from me is condemnation, this, the pulpit's in the wrong place. And I'm telling you that the pulpits of America and this world need to be moved from Mount Sinai where there's the preaching of the law telling you that if you don't keep it, you're guilty, telling you that you can't get the job done, filling you with shame, judging you, telling you and that you're going to be punished for not being able to do it. That pulpit is in the wrong mountain. It needs to be moved to Golgotha. It needs to be moved to the Mount Zion where grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Now let's go to St. John chapter 117. I'm, 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 seriously, I'm really going to try to teach today. And my only hope is to just stay here and not come down the steps. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise the Lord, bless his holy name. So St. John chapter 1, and let's look at verse 17. Let's read verse 17 out loud together. Ready? Read. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth, grace came by Jesus Christ. Let me read you this about the law so you'll understand why I would even go to this scripture when we're talking about from condemnation to, to grace. The law has no tenderness. It has no pity. It has no feeling. The law is inflexible with no compassion for human weakness. It tells us what we ought to be, but it does not help us to be it. 
It binds heavy burdens upon men's conscience, but it doesn't uh, put a finger forth or, or even a tip of a finger to try to enable men to bear them. The law has no heart. The law is all about demands. The law condemns. The law condemns. And when you choose to live under the Ten Commandments, and when you choose to live under the law of Moses, you are putting yourself in a position to be condemned because the law condemns. Now, I'm going to show you something real quick. I thought this was an excellent illustration. If you'll go to Luke chapter 19, we can see a huge difference between the condemnation of the Pharisees and the salvation of Jesus in this story about the chief tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. And in Luke chapter 19, you know, Zacchaeus, you know, while you're turning there just to tell you a little something about him, Zacchaeus, as a tax collector, worked for the Romans. And so that's the first problem they had with him. He worked for the Romans, and then secondly, he overcharged the Israelites. And guess what he did with the amount of money that he got over? He put it in his pocket. And so they didn't like Zacchaeus at all. But Zacchaeus showed, showed something amazing that was in his heart. Jesus was coming through, and uh, he must have been a short guy because he climbed on top of a tree so he could see Jesus. So now you get the picture of Zacchaeus and all of the, Christ, all the folks that were around when Jesus came walking through. And we pick up here in verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Now imagine what those church folks were thinking. Here is Jesus who should know that this man is a crook and ripping us off and he is coming to his house. So now they are not only, they're not only uh, condemning Zacchaeus, they are now condemning Jesus. I need to tell y'all something. As long as we're on the planet, somebody somewhere is going to be condemning you or trying to. All right, now watch this. And he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. So he was excited about Jesus. I mean, Jesus coming to my house. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. They're talking about Jesus. They're condemning Jesus because he's going to, to be the, to, 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 to the house of a sinner. And, and here's the thing that shocks me, as if they're not one. And they're like, church folks, church folks want to judge you for sin like they ain't got none no more. And so Jesus could have come to Zacchaeus' house and Jesus could have condemned him. But that wasn't what he was called to do. Jesus could have said, now you know you're a crook. You need to quit stealing those people's money. That ain't right. You, you carrying on like this, you're going to be in hell by 12 o'clock, Zach. You got to stop that. <laughs> and here I am coming to your house and you acting like this. Man, but watch what Jesus did. Jesus knew exactly who this guy was. He made haste. He received him joyfully, verse 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. 
And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord. Now, now watch this. Between verse 7 and verse 8, Jesus is at the house, and you don't see Jesus saying anything to Zacchaeus about, you know, him, him you know, having sticky hands. <laughs> and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything, I don't know why they put the if in, you have taken. <laughs> and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus just looked at him and said, okay. Now, Jesus didn't say anything. You don't see anything where Jesus came and said anything to him about his situation. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house for, as, for so much as he is also a son of Abraham. So Jesus came to save and salvation came to the man's house. Well, what happened? You see, one lunch with unconditional love and undeserved grace of Jesus Christ, one lunch changed a man's life forever. See, he didn't come in there dogging the guy out. He just came in with unconditional love. I already know who you are and what you do. He came in with undeserved grace. You don't deserve me to be here, but I came here anyway. And it changed the man's life. And the man encountered this grace and this love, and he was moved to set it right. Lord, have mercy. You see, if you'll quit trying to be so, excuse my English, so doggone sanctimonious and so judgmental and just love people and just show the grace in this new covenant, yeah, you know they got an issue. Everybody in the house got an issue. But somebody's issue ought not stop you from operating in the love of God and the grace of God. If you want to make real change, Put away your judgment and learn how to just walk and love people no matter where they are, and you can see them change in one lunch. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand, because you don't know it's you yet. I'm going to show it to you, though. You see, the preaching and the demonstration of the gospel of grace, when we preach the gospel of grace, and when we demonstrate the gospel of grace, it causes the power of God to manifest. Oh, that's something. Preaching the gospel of grace and demonstrating the gospel of grace is what caused the power of God to manifest. And it'll bring much more fruit than condemnation will ever accomplish in a person's life. Much more fruit when you don't condemn people. I don't know what it is. It's like we join the church and, you know, we, we, we learn about love, and, but we're not, we're, not, we're not operating under this new covenant because, see, if you, if you don't understand, under the old covenant, it, it says... You know, if there's wickedness in the streets, you need to stone it and get rid of it. Now, I'm going to show you something here. Jesus dealt with that. That was a law. You have the right to stone people and get rid of it. But, but notice this now. Go to John chapter 8. Let's look at this, this woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. St. John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. St. John chapter 8, verse 3 through, through 11. I think this is going to help you out, man, because, you know, we can have impact on people's lives without 
having the bad influence come on our lives because we, we have the Holy Spirit. It's just, notice it just took one lunch. They were not buddy-buddy and hanging around all the time. It took one lunch of undeserved favor and, 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 uh, and love to change this man's life forever. And when you encounter the goodness of God, it'll bring you to a place of repentance. You'll change your mind about what you're doing. A lot of people will become Christians once they see one. but we just don't see too many Christians these days in time because our religion and our law keeping stops us from operating in this grace and this unmerited favor. So see, this series is gonna be about us, how we should make the adjustments in our lives to live under this new covenant. Now look at St. John chapter eight and verse three, familiar story here to most of you. He says in verse three, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had uh, set her in the midst, so you got to understand the situation here. I don't know how they saw this, but they took a woman right out of the act of adultery. They took the woman out of the out of adultery. Not she was she had to be having adultery with somebody. <laughs> I just don't understand why it was just the woman taken out of the act of adultery because back there there was there was inequality. And so how is it that a man, you know, could get away with this, but the woman couldn't? There was no respect and there was no equality for the woman. But see, in, 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 if, if it was under this covenant, it would have been the man and the woman were taken out of the bed. And so he goes on to verse 4. And they, they uh, verse 4 said, they, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. My God. There wasn't, wasn't no break going on. In, in. <laughs> Are y'all, you understand what I'm saying? In the very act. Now Moses, in the law, so the law, the law's looking to condemn. Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what saith thou? So they knew what the law said, so they're operating under the law. And the law is about self-righteousness. The law is about condemning other people. You see, when you're operating in self-righteousness, that's what self-righteousness does. It condemns. Somehow, when keeping the law, the law, the law is all about you. It's all about what you do. It's all about your performance. It's all about self-righteousness. Oh, let Krishna the bar. Deuteronomy chapter 28, when it talks about if you will obey the commandments and if you can keep all the commandments, then you'll have all these blessings. Now, that's hard to do. Somehow people thought he was referring to proportional blessing. And what I mean by that, some people have thought, well, I can't keep all the commandment, but that's okay. Because if I can keep 58%, if I can be obedient to 58% of the commandments, then I can get 58% of the blessing. No, that's not what it said. No, it said you have to keep all 100% obedience in order to get 100% the blessing. You can't keep 98% obedience and get 98% the blessing. 
So without 100%, you don't get 100%. And then it says that if you don't keep 100%, if you're not obedient 100%, then you'll get 100% of a curse. So now watch this. 0% obedience, <laughs> oh, excuse me, 98% obedience equals 0% blessing, but 100% curse. Who can do that? See, you can be 99.9% .9 obedient and still get 0% of the blessing. That's how churches come. Well, I know I, ain't, I know I ain't perfect, but at least I'm not like her. That's what self-righteous people do. Self-righteous people will, self-righteous people will find the smallest little thing to try to get up on somebody. But under the law, it doesn't matter. 99% obedience still equals 0% blessing, but you'll get 100% curse because you were not 100% obedient. You can't live under the law. And the law, all it does is attempt to try to find a way to condemn to make somebody feel guilty, to judge somebody, to, to place punishment on somebody. One, this is what the law does. She needs to be punished. And now watch this. Verse 6, this they said, tempting him, that they might have to, uh, have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. You know what Jesus was saying? You know, all of you guys are on the law and obviously some of you guys think that you have been successful in keeping the law. So here what we gonna do. The law does say that, so let's go ahead and do that <clears throat> if you don't have no sin. And one by one, they dropped their stones and they left. Watch this. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground, and they which heard it being convicted of their own conscience. They're condemned. They're convicted by their own conscience. That's what the law does. That's what sin does. You got, you're, they're sin conscious. They're convicted by their own conscience. Isn't that something? Condemned people like to condemn people. If you're feeling condemned, you want to feel better by going and condemn somebody else. That's what self-righteousness is all about. I want to find somebody that's in a worse situation than I'm in, and I'm going to make myself feel better by talking about what their issues are. And that's not what Jesus came to do. And that's not what he sent us here to do. He says, they went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Those accusers. How many of you have some accusers in your life? Where are those accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. 
And Jesus said unto her, she's, she's about to get a free gift from Jesus, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more, my God. Did y'all see that? Jesus gave her a free gift of no condemnation. He says, I haven't been sent to condemn, but to save. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Creflo Dollar. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.